Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another episode of Their Pitch. As you know, we are a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football. And when Sweden's new match shirt for the UEFA Women's Euro 2022 in England was launched, the Swedish FA and Adidas also published a guide called How to Stop Sweden. Make sure you check it out on howtostopsweden.com. You'll learn many interesting things about the Swedish national team and the players. This week's their pitch guest is Danish national team head coach Lars Søndergaard. He had never coached a women's team before he got the job as the national team's head coach at the end of 2017. Søndergaard had his first match with Denmark in January 2018 when they played the US in a friendly game. The Danes lost with five goals to one. But in this podcast, he talks about what he learned from that and he even admits that he did not know so much about women's football at that time. Lars Sönegård has coached men's football in the Danish top flight for men for many years. Åbe, Viborg, Sönnejuske and he also has spent eight years in Austria coaching different teams at the highest level. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Denmark and Lars Sönnegård episode. Usually I, I say it in English or in, in, in German, it's something like Sondergaard. But uh, in Danish, it's, uh, it's Sönnegård. So it's a little bit, a li- little bit difficult to pronounce for not Danes. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Their Pitch. We're here with Danish head coach Lars Sundegaard. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Doing fine. We start this podcast with a quote from somebody that knows you very well. And you will have to guess who that person is. Okay? Okay. And we start off with, I've known Lars since 1977. And we still hang out together with our wives. His best ability as a coach is that he is very accurate and detailed with planning and analyzing opponents and his own team. He doesn't leave anything out. Lars is very passionate with a lot of tempers. He likes to go out for mountain bike rides and he loves to ski, especially in Austria where he lived for around eight years. I know he's very happy to coach the Danish national team and he has been a Manchester United fan for a very long time. So I know he's going through some rough times right now. I think he has supported them since 1974 and or 75. Who do you think that is? That's a difficult one. But it's not someone that I have coached. No, it's it's a close friend of yours. Um Okay. It could be uh, Peter Inevolsen who was assistant coach and also sport director at uh, Fortuna Jøring. A couple of years back or one year back. Yeah, it's uh, 
spot on. He's the one that sent us this. Uh, okay. This quote, which I think was uh, it was a really good quote, and I love that he threw in Manchester United in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping still at the moment about Manchester United, so it has has to be one who has known me for many years. Uh, <laughs> I had a great time many years ago, but uh, at the moment it's a bit it's a bit tough. But hopefully, it's getting better now. We want to talk about your career. Have you have you played football yourself? Um, yes, I have, um, but it's also many years ago, and my career wasn't that bright. Uh, I was quite good as a, a youth player, and I have approximately uh, about thirty games for Allborg uh, in the best team there. But unfortunately, in a young age, I had an ACL, uh, so I know how it is for some of the girls that I train that, uh, that have these, uh, this ACL injury. So I, I can feel with them uh, when they have this. I had to stop, but uh, perhaps it was okay for me because my career, I, I didn't make it as a, a footballer, but I, I've made it as a coach and I started coaching almost immediately after getting injured. Was it an easy decision to switch from playing to coaching? Uh, in a way, yes, because you stayed then in uh, in in this environment, and uh, for me, it's important. You're you're among friends. You're among what you like. Uh, it's your hobby. I guess a lot of people have said that the best thing is to play. The second best thing is to coach. In a way, I agree. Uh, but it's not uh, now. So many years ago that I've. I've been playing so uh, in a way I, I I feel lucky that I've been uh, or I've had the chance to to train and coach for so many years. And how, how was that transition for you as you know you've just torn your ACL how was it to go from a player a football player a professional one to becoming a coach how was that for you? In a way it was quite easy it's it 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 came so uh, in a way step by step uh, you started uh, coaching, you started uh, as a coach uh, and hoped that you perhaps a little bit later could start playing again. So as I started so in between as a coach and then I started a little bit playing again, uh, but I, I went more and more in the coaching direction. So in a way, it was just natural for me to, to become a coach. Uh, I had a, a teacher's job uh, uh, as my uh, my full job, and I did it in a way as a, a, a thing in the evenings. But uh, it got then more and more. I I came more and more into uh, into this professional uh, thing uh, of this job, and uh, stopped then after ten years as a teacher, and could then in the late nineties uh, concentrate fully on the on the coaching job. And how old were you when you started coaching? I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. No, I think it was mid-20s, start 30s. Uh, I started so a little bit after my first injury, which was in my early 20s. I started a little bit coaching and then I started more and more. And especially from from start 30, mid-30, I started to, to, to do it more seriously. And... With what you know today, obviously, when you were 
30 when you were when you were in your early 20s um uh what would you have told the younger version of yourself back then would you have any advice for for the younger version of yourself you really want to know that yeah <laughs> yes um i think as you grow older you you get also more wise uh, or wiser and uh, i guess i would have told uh, uh, me as a, a young person, I would have told me to be more dedicated, to be more serious about my training. If I wanted to have a career in 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 football as a player, I really had to uh, to to look at myself and do things more seriously. I've learned it afterwards. Uh, I didn't get into uh, playing football very very much. I got injured, perhaps. Perhaps because I was not serious enough about my preparations and and my trainings and so on. So uh, I think I told myself that, and uh, then perhaps I would have been a good player. Uh, but on the other hand, as I said, fortunately, perhaps uh, uh, it 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 uh, showed me the way to become a, a coach. And when. When you took over the national women's team, that was the first time you coached in women's football, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. What made you go into the women's game? In a way, I wouldn't call it the women's game. I would call it a game of football. Uh, I think it's uh, more or less the same. Uh, No matter if it's boys, girls, uh, men, women. But it's right. I, I I had an age. I've been coaching in in Austria on the highest level. I've been coaching in 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 Denmark on the highest level. But when this opportunity came up, of course, I I thought a little bit about it, and I started also to check everything out about women's uh, soccer. And it came uh, half a year after the the success that the Danish national team had at the, the Euro 17 and uh, in between they had this conflict with the Danish FA, uh, this conflict, conflict between the players, uh, the, the players union and the Danish FA. So um, I saw it as, as an opportunity also for me to see something new, uh, to learn something new, uh, perhaps to help promote women's football. And then you, you, can't, uh, you can't ignore that it, it's also an honor to be asked to to train uh, your your nation's national team, no matter if it's uh, men's or if it's uh, women's. So um, it was. I don't know if it was an easy decision, but it was a decision I'm also now happy, very happy about uh, to have uh, to have taken. But what does it mean to you as a coach to coach the national team? Um, as I said, it's in a way, it's an honor uh, to, to, to coach your national team. And no matter if it's, uh, yeah, I think no matter if it's in volleyball or in handball or in football or in, uh, if it's men or if it's women, I think it's an honor. Uh, and it also shows that you have done something in your career that had opened up uh, other people's uh, eyes uh, and thoughts about you. So uh, for me, it was an honor to 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 get this job. And um, uh, as I said, yeah, it was it was quite easy. Do you remember the first game that you coached? Yeah, 
with the national Unfortunately, team. Unfortunately, I remember that very, very well. I I have to admit that when when I started in 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 2018, uh, I didn't know very much about women's football. Uh, it was not a game that I followed because when you are in a job in the men's on the men's side, in a way you concentrate uh, about that. You concentrate about the league where your team is playing, you have enough to do with your own team and concentrating about that. So I didn't know so much. Of course, uh, in the time between I started and, and uh, I, I, I made up the contract, of course, I tried to, to get up to what, what's, what I had to, uh, what I have to experience in this, in, in the women's game. But the first game to come to your question, the first game was, uh, in January 2018 in San Diego against the uh, USA. And, uh, well, uh, I learned it the hard way. <laughs> I can say we went there with great optimism. I didn't really know. I've seen games, uh, the last games from the United States, but I didn't really know, uh, not know what to expect. And they were very good. Uh, they had a great team, a team that also won. The, the World Cup in 2019 with the exact, exact same players. Uh, so uh, it was a tough beginning. Um, perhaps it has helped me a little bit uh, just to, to have respect and, uh, for, for women's football and the way it was played in, 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 in the U.S., uh, at least at that time. Yeah, that's definitely a hard opponent to go up as your first game. Indeed. I saw it and, and we saw it as an uh, opportunity uh, the Danish national team had won the silver medals at the Euros in, in 17 and, and to get, to, to try to compete with, with bigger nations. But, uh, of course it was hard. Uh, but I also saw, uh, the limits of the team. It was a, a quite a good experience for me. Uh, but, uh, when it's your first game, you, you don't, you really don't like to, to, to lose 5-1. As a coach, right, you you have this whole team and obviously I think the main goal is to bring home, I would say, trophies and medals and everything that you could possibly win. But as a coach, what motivates you? Well, you say, of course, medals, uh, trophies and so on is a dream when you're a national coach, of course, but but also just a coach, you, you, you want to win championships but of course, there are different goals uh, in different clubs, in different now also countries. Uh, our big goal, of course, is to take part in those uh, end, uh, end uh, rounds uh, in the Euros uh, at the World Cup to take part there. If you don't take part there, you don't, you, you won't win anything. So that's in a way the, the, the big, the big goals for us are to compete at those tournaments to get through there. And, uh, of course, now we have, uh, ended the tournament in, in, in the Euros here in, in England in summer, which is, is, uh, is very good for us. That was one of our goals. And now we're competing for the World Cup tournament in Australia and New Zealand next year. So that's in a way the goals, but, but, as a coach, in a way, I would like to, I would like to have a team or to have a squad with a staff where we are, and we like to 
get into camp. We like to be together. We like to to play together. There has to be space for different kinds of personalities. But uh, we have to we have to be there. We have to be competitive, to be serious. But we also have to 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 like to get in, to have a smile on our faces and so on, and to make an environment where, it's, as I said, space for young players that can develop for older players that can help the younger players and every uh, everyone is feeling well uh, that's in a way and was also in a way what I came in uh, to do with the national team uh, of course things like that takes also takes time for you as a coach because you have your your own ideas uh, about how things are uh, when we're talking about this so in my opinion, it's it's important that you are you're, you're feeling well uh, in the in the squads in a team, uh, and through that you can you can develop things and you can um, also get uh, the results that you you wish for. For sure. And when we talk about um, women's football, usually what's, what's something that's been on that's been in talks uh, during I think during the international break was. The you know all the goals that were that the nations were scoring, um, which is something that people some people would say it's negative. Others would say it shows it shows that the good nations are really good. Um, but what do you still think as like as a coach? What do you think still needs to improve within the women's game from your point of view as a coach? Um, now you're bringing it up with the with the big wins for the big nations or the better the good nations, and I think I think it's it is a problem uh, that there are too many. It's in a way it's wrong to 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 call it easy games, but they are easy games when you have, uh, for example, uh, um, when you have a possession uh, percentage of in, in almost in all games more than seventy. I think that is a problem. Uh, even though uh, possession uh, as one is not the the whole thing, but it's it is a problem when you're not getting matched uh, throughout a year. Uh, when we are having the the for the qualification for the Euros, we had a it seemed like an easy easy path uh, up until our games against Italy, and and it's a little bit the same now, an easy path where we play. Weaker opponents, where people expect us to win with a big margin, and and we also expect it ourselves, and we only have to concentrate on ourselves and how we do and what we do with the ball. We don't have to think about the defensive part of the game. Perhaps a little bit about um, uh, counter uh, counter pressing and and keeping the the opponents away, but but not not seriously. You 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 can focus on those things and you need better opponents to get better if we want to develop our play so over over time we need better opponents so i hope that they'll come perhaps not that we that the, the, the weaker nations must also have the chance to play better nations but i hope that we can find a a, a way where where it's that that Every team or every nation has the chance to develop. And that's not what I see today. When we are going into the Euros, I 
I have a big question mark about how far are we as a team because we the last couple of years only have played the weaker uh, teams. And we've been quite good, not the last couple of games, uh, but we've been quite good against those teams. We've scored a lot of goals. We've created a, a lot of chances, what we set up, what we were set up to do. So in a way, we've been doing our job very well, but still we don't know if we can put our way of playing uh, up and how it would function against the better uh, nations. And that's, that could be helpful to play better opponents uh, more often than we do at the moment. For sure. Do you think that, because when talking about that, what is there, what do you think more specifically that these nations could do in order to catch up where everyone like, or UEFA or FIFA or like people around improving the game? I think that the the the, the Uyghur nations are, are quite serious serious about it. Uh, they really try to develop their game, and they can also sometimes develop it uh, by by playing their, their their own style. But for example, a problem here uh, when we when we played Azerbaijan here uh, two weeks ago, uh, we only won two nil. But if we looked at the statistics, for example, the the ball was not in play forty seven minutes of the game and I can assure that it wasn't because we kicked it out of the stadium uh, we wanted to play we wanted to 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 to, to play uh, with a fast play and try to create chances but of course they used what they had did it very well uh, but one of the things is to to always take time with free kicks the ball out of play with injuries and so on so I don't think it's good for the women's football but they are doing what they can. But what I think is that from UEFA, from FIFA, they have to make another qualification uh, uh, way. Uh, they could perhaps divide uh, all nations in two, where the, the, the first group is seeded and play against each other and something with, uh, with relegation and uh, in, in, in those group games. But it's... Uh, it's, I think it's too deep to go into that now, but I think it's up to them to make a, a kind of qualification that is better suited for all, all teams uh, where they are playing more, um, more even games against each other, also for the small, small nations. And if we shift focus back to Denmark's national team, obviously... As a, your captain is uh, Penela Harder, who's one of the best players in the world. What does it mean to have a profile like her as a captain? Penela is a fantastic person and a fantastic uh, player. And she is always setting up new goals for, for herself. And uh, in the beginning, I didn't think that she was, uh, in a way, she is not a natural captain. But she has grown into it and uh, she has found her way setting up goals for herself, how she can lead, how she can lead the team, how she can lead outside uh, outside the games, in between camps. Uh, so I think she's uh, a fantastic uh, player, a fantastic person, a fantastic captain for, uh, for the others. And she's also a person that she's not um, 
put putting herself in the foreground. She's she's in a way for her it's it's even better sometimes to stay in the background and not be that person that she is. But she has to be it, and she has learned to to deal with it and does it in a, a fantastic uh, in a fantastic way. And for for her as a captain, or for me as a coach, to have her as a, a captain is that she is. I haven't met many players who know so much about uh, football as she does. She is. Uh, I think she is going to become a coach uh, later on uh, in her career. Uh, she has still many years to go as a as a player, but uh, she 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 can she can she's quite good at analyzing games, also in games. So it's great to have her. Speaking about the, I mean, the development in Denmark's football, especially on the women's side, you guys have a massive, I think, milestone coming up before the Euros. It's the fact that you are going to be playing at Parken for the first time versus Brazil. What what do you expect from that game? Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We hope that there'll be or come a lot of fans, a lot of spectators. To see this game, I think often it's it's about the infrastructure. I think in women's football, at least over the last couple of years, uh, has been a, a huge development. Not only in the infrastructure, in the fans, uh, when we're talking about media and things like that, but also in the game itself. I think it has developed. I think it's. The, it's it's speedier, uh, tactical, and a high level. Um, many ru- runs are also here uh, physical. Uh, you you see more sprints, you see more one against one duels and uh, things like that. So it has developed, and I I hope that a lot of people come just to also to to live it and to see it in a good stadium. Uh, not we are very satisfied with Vivo, but we only have um, last time we had a, a approximately four thousand, and sometimes we have five, six, seven thousand. But it's it's also nice if really people come in and watch the game, so that we can see this this environment. It means a lot for the game itself. So uh, it means also that you you see it in a in a different way. We also see the games when Barcelona play Wolfsburg or Barcelona play Real Madrid with a almost uh, full house in at Camp Nou. It, it's it's another um, uh, in a way it's an, an adventure just to see it. Uh, so so I hope it will be. It's important for 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 football in Denmark, and I think it's a. Uh, a sign that we are on the right way in developing women's football in Denmark. This summer, also, while while I touched on it in the last question, is the Euros two is uh, Euro twenty twenty two, and in the last leg, you guys won. Um, last time Euros was played, Denmark won silver. But what do you think that? Do you think something will be different during this Euros, and what do you think it will mean for for women's football in general? Um, I wasn't part of it in in seventeen, but it was for sure what I saw and and uh, what I've heard was a, a huge experience. Also, very good for women's for women's football. But I think this this time would be a, a new ch- chapter. I think it would be a new chapter. As I said, I think everything has developed. So I think it would it's going to be 
something very, very big and uh, really something that we are looking forward to and everyone else that knows about women's football are looking forward to. But I think it's also going to be a milestone uh, in women's football. I think it's, it is one step closer to, to being really great. Uh, so, so looking forward to it, but I also see the difference for us, for example, that it's, it's going to be more and more difficult for, for smaller countries to, to get success because in, in the meantime, between 17 and now, uh, so much has happened. The, the big clubs has come into, uh, uh, and here I, I think about the men's clubs. Uh, they have gone into, uh, into women's football. They have bought licenses. They, they are very serious about it. So that means that the, the big nations, England, Germany, Spain, France, they are going to be difficult to keep up with because everything is being professionalized. They have a, a lot more money to spend than we have. So, so in a way, we have to be to, to succeed and to have a chance of, of succeeding. We have to be clever. We have to be, have the best players on, on the field. And, but we have to be clever. We have to be, have this team spirit that um, sometimes is, or, or it's always important, but especially for, for smaller nations, it's more important that you have this feeling of, uh, togetherness, nationality and things like that. With that being said, we're going to move on to what I probably think you're going to enjoy a lot, which is the football analysis section. So Mia's going to take over and I'm going to mute myself and just listen to the conversation. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm going to put you on the spot here because we are a Swedish podcast, although we speak English because we are kind enough to do that so everyone that knows English will understand us. But what do you think about this How to Stop Sweden guide that Sweden released a couple of weeks back? Well, I, in a way, I was surprised that uh, Sweden, by all nations, uh, do this. Usually, um, I think usually the nations, and now I'm talking in general about Sweden's national teams, it's uh, how to break down Sweden's defense uh, when they play in a 4-4-2. But I think it's a, a good way. It's a new way, uh, surprisingly. Uh, but it perhaps also shows that uh, with Peter uh, Gerhardsson, in a way, they have got a coach that's not only uh, playing the 4-4-2, which Sweden has done for many years, uh, and where we also as a nation can learn from. Uh, I have had uh, colleagues from Sweden, one of my, uh, or the coach that I have learned perhaps the most from, uh, where I was assistant coach was Hans, Hans Backe. Uh, so I have also learned it the Swedish way, but um, Peter is, is a, a person where you can't say if they're playing with a, 
a back four or four four two if they're playing a four three three or uh, they are, they've become very flexible. So in a way, I like it the way they are now bringing it on. Uh, I haven't read it. I haven't read it yet. Uh, because we're not due to play Sweden, but perhaps this, we, if we both go on in in the Euros, perhaps I'm going to to read a little bit about it. Yeah, it's 30 pages, so you will have to do on on your hotel room <laughs> in England yeah. if you do. But um, I I often you know like uh, ask this question to footballers coming on to, uh, but uh, what would you say? In your own words, uh, how would you describe your role as a head coach of a national team? From how you look at yourself as a person, like I think my my role, of course, is not the day to day basic uh, training or conversation with the players, where you have a a group that you're working with day to day. That was what I was used to, but uh, as a, a national uh, team coach you still need to have a little bit of contact with the players. So uh, in a way, I have a lot of time to um, to analyze games, to analyze opponents with my, uh, my uh, assistant coaches. We do a lot of that. So we are in a way going down into yeah, each, each team that we're going to play, uh, watching a lot of uh, videos from, from, from their, their games. But then my job is to be in contact with the staff that are not perhaps not with us all the time, but especially with the players to to visit them when it's possible. Uh, during COVID, it wasn't possible, so that you had to. I learned to to use this media here, Zoom or or Teams. So uh, in a way, I tried to have conversations with them. Uh, with uh, to, uh, uh, with with team talks online uh, com- communication, where I show clips and have in individual talks with them about um, tactical things, but also just ordinary thing about their how it's going. Uh, uh, if they're not playing in 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 their in their team, what's the matter and and they always welcome to to phone me if they've got some problems and so on. So I see me also as a, um, if they have some problems, they can always contact me or I phone them and hear how's things going, how's how are you doing in your private life, what's what's happening. So in a way to keep up the contact and of course always evaluate on 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 what they've been doing, what I've seen in in, in games. Uh, not every game, but in in games in a period of, uh, of a month or so, uh, where they play in in the, their respective leagues. So in a way, I'm, um, I I I try to be, yeah, uh, a person they can they can talk to, and if they have problems, they can they can. Uh, talk to me about it and uh, not everyone does it uh, the players are also different uh, different personalities someone doesn't need it and I have to find out who needs it and who doesn't need it and uh, so uh, it's a little bit different but that's how I try to go on with it and otherwise it's it's uh, you have a lot of tri- time in between really to 
to to go into the essence of football really to try to see other games to learn a lot to develop yourself as a coach to have get new ideas and so on uh, and then you have those camps when everything is so uh, it's so you 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 don't have much time uh, to breathe you have two games your training sessions you talk with the players you talk to the to the media you're talking talk to the staff and so on so there you have much breathing space but you have it in between camps yeah for sure and you you touched on this a little bit now but i mean we we have uh, got a lot of access to the women's game on television now in Scandinavia so how much football do you watch how many games a week and and what leagues are you following um i follow the leagues where we have players usually i of course i i try to 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 catch one live game in in denmark when it's possible during the weekends uh, the other games or our uh, my assistants christian merk and and Johanna Rasmussen they they also of course see the games but as you said it's a completely new world uh, in in women's uh, in women's football when i started in 2018 i had i had seven or eight players uh, in foreign countries and it was impossible to find uh, video uh, from from the games i also tried we have this y scout platform uh, with, with video platform where you can uh, get the games and that at that time they weren't even down on this this platform i really had to i i search everywhere uh, i search in in facebook uh, twitter uh, all over to try to find coverage of the games and now you have it all uh, in front of you so of course i have the uh, i have vsat and i i watch the swedish league where danish players um i'm happy to say that they're in in the top teams there so i have to to watch the top games in in sweden uh we have players in in england of course uh, seven players we have there so i i watch all i can from the women's super league i watch a game games from from spain so but it's it's been much easier now to follow up on on the games during the weekend so i don't have to do everything on the monday and tuesday when they then come down on the platform so now uh, i see a lot of games i, I can't say how many uh, but i see a lot and uh, i also see i see almost every uh, champions league game for example uh, after our camps or what's the national teams that interests me if the been some interesting games and of course i watch now uh, our next opponent or our opponents at the euros of course and yeah they have also exciting players so in a way i've i've come into women's football so i don't see that much men's football anymore uh, the top games in the champions league i see but uh, in a way i've just compared with what is happening on the on the girls side now welcome to paradise i say thank you <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, like you you touched on johanna and and christian because recently the setup around your national team changed uh, because they are those two are now with you full time uh, what does that mean for your national team because you haven't had 
an analysis or that's right uh, yeah christian is christian is both an, an analyst and and uh, and uh, and a co or assistant uh, coach uh, in one you can say and but it, it just show that the recognition in denmark is getting better i don't think it it has been there but it's been over the last couple of years three years it's been better and better it's getting better and better and by doing this they also show the players that they really want this they had the as i mentioned earlier we had this conflict in denmark in 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 the autumn of 2017 uh, unluckily enough after the the success at the euros but now it's the the uh, the team has better opportunities now to really uh, give it a go on 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 the playing field they have same opportunities now almost not quite the same but almost as a man so it's it's growing and i think it's a very good sign or signal from the danish fa to 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 do this that say okay we have two uh, two assistant coaches analysts that are also full time with me so of course our our preparation is also now getting much much better than it were uh, it was before uh, and it helps me of course because in in 2018 i was the only full time uh, person in a way uh, together with the, uh, the 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 development chief uh, of uh, for, for girls football we were the two uh, only full time uh, persons in the danish fa in girls football so it has changed a lot now today we just announced that now we have a full time on the 19 coach as well on the 17 coach and an under 16 coach um, uh, last year just a year ago they had also other jobs in the fa just to have one job together but it's a uh, it's a sign that uh, we are going towards better times now in in the danish uh, fa and in in danish women's football i think at least at national team level you just spoke about your youth teams um what what are your thoughts on uh u23 side or more like the lack of a u23 side in denmark uh, how big is the step for u19 players to the senior team like is it is it too big yeah it is too big it is too big but uh, it's our next uh, it, it has to be our next goal to get a uh, if it's an under 23 or under 21 it's difficult to say but uh, at least we need from uefa also here i think they they, they need to make a tournament for this age group uh because that forces also the the the, the different association, association to invest in this part uh, at the moment uh we only have the private or uh, in between nations not a, an official tournament but i think we need an official tournament but for us it's the next step to take because the step from under 90 to it's only the very very good players and very very talented players and perhaps it's not even enough to be very talented to go into the top european teams i think we try to uh, to take young players into our team but of course when you have if you have 
eight, nine players under 20 or 20 or under, or then it's also going to be difficult for the next, the, the next generation or the next age group to get in. So they need this stepping stone towards the national team. So for me, it's, um, that's something we're also working uh, at. It costs money, of course. It's always something with the economy, but it, uh, it's something we are, we are working on also in the Danish FA to, in a way, at least to create a team that plays sometimes. Uh, because to go from one game per, per year to, to 12 games, that's a, a, a huge step. And I think could we just find something in between, it would also be good enough for us, uh, at least for the coming, uh, coming years. But of course, we have to have the set, the same set of as, for example, Sweden or Norway or England. If we have to compete with them, we need the same setup or almost the same setup. We take this question first. I feel like this is coming very natural with your with your answers. Um, how do you see yourself, your role to balance a team with experience and youth with the challenges you just mentioned? And how much do you think about the next genera- generation in Denmark? I think I, 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 I watch a lot. I know what's happening in our youth teams. Uh, of course, we have the same international dates as the under 19, but a lot of our players, you know, on the 19 national team plays in, uh, they play in, in the Danish league and in, in, in the league there. So I, I know what's happening, who's coming. And I often also go to, to camps for one or two days for the under 16 or under 17 just to check up how are they doing and, and, and what are they doing and also to talk with the coaches and so on. So I think um, I like, in a way, I like the youth and if they're talented enough, they're also good enough. Um, you can always say there should be a balance, but it, it, it it's it's not about just getting young players in. Of course, if we have a good, if, if they, as I said, if they're good enough, And we have some players that are very talented. And if we think they're good enough, they they just need game practice to to get the experience. And I would say they need a lot of games. Uh, So so players who come into the national team, they would perhaps play uh, some games they'll play uh, not so good. All of the games that I play very well, and and and, but they need game practice also on uh, in in a national team. And I would say they need approximately forty or fifty games. It's it's many games, and and some players don't even get to there. But but they need a lot of games or at least international uh, experience. So so to balance it, I say okay, if they're good enough, they can play. But of course, I also look at our team. Uh, the old player, they also have to be good enough. So if, if they can't, if they, if, if, if they're not good enough, uh, on the, on the, on the, the, the on the pitch, they're not going to play. But they, of course, they mean a lot because they have the experience. They have experience from perhaps from, from uh, the Euro 17 or from other tournaments. So I see a lot from the older players, they can also not only help on the, the field, the playing field, but also outside. And there they perhaps um, uh, are 
the more important because they know how to 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 they can talk to the young players what have they been doing before and so on so in a way they're going to be a a kind of tutors for 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 the young players and help them on their way to yeah to to get to the same uh, place where the the older players are now so in a way it's it's a, quite a natural balance I, I i see i don't look so much into it but uh, i try to find of course the, the balance is just natural uh, at the moment we have some experienced players but they're also very good Panile is an experienced player uh, Katrine Weil is an experienced player Sophie Jung is an experienced player Trosko is an experienced player they are playing in 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 foreign countries and they've tried a lot so but they're also good enough so but but still they can help a lot outside the pitch and that's for me very important yeah for sure and This is your first big international tournament with Denmark Denmark. So about team selection. Like it must it's like in your mind you're going to pick a squad now not for for just two games. And and don't mind me saying this but you're in the group of death. You you talked about the <laughs> you talked about the opponents <laughs> before like being not quite if if you haven't been tested yet you sure will. Yeah. Uh, in in England so what are your thoughts about uh, this team selection ahead of the euros how how do you think as a coach no, number one i really try to see as much we talked about it before to see as many games as possible i try to give also and that we've been doing uh, unfortunately uh, uh, our gav cup wasn't that successful because we had to go home with a lot of covid incidents uh, so we didn't play the two last games there but i tried to give players at least a chance to experience and get the chance to play in in some of the the the, the games that we have had uh, also the last two games so um and of course it's it's going to be very very difficult uh I, no matter no matter who i decide on because we of course we have a lot of players who i i see as fixed for the tournament but of course there are also positions where people are fighting together uh, about one position perhaps and and you have to um that that i I will try to talk a lot with them of course and and of course I'll give reasons for not taking those who are going to or who are not going to uh, to the euros but of course they also have to be stand by uh, so that they are keeping quite fit if there should come injuries but it's it's going to be to be tough because I know how much the euros means this tournament means for a lot of players but i i have to do it in the fairest possible way i have to tell the players to give them something they can use and not just say you're not good enough uh, i would never say that because they have for sure uh, something that they they can buy buy into the team with but but you have to look at our opponents how we're going to play i have to have different types of player in the team uh, i can just not have one type of player uh, you you have to 
there are so many things you have to uh, look at when you are taking out a team for this tournament. So um, it's going to be hard, uh, but I'm prepared for it. Uh, the hardest thing is probably to to tell those players who are not going that they are not going. Yeah, I'm not jealous of that because, <laughs> no. like, you said, like you said, it it's it feels like this Euro European uh, Championship will mean a lot to to not just players, uh, everyone that that will be able able to take part. But I'm gonna. I'm going to throw in a listener's question now, and I'm I'm quite interested in knowing this answer yeah. myself. But um, why did you change from four four two with um, Panilla Harder as the second forward to a three four one two with Harder as a ten? Um, in a way, this is obvious. This is obviously someone who has watched um, Denmark a lot. I would and- say. In in 2019, we, we we started. We tried to build up in another way, uh, not just with four on the back, or <clears throat> to build up with the with the two uh, central defenders. So we tried to build up with with three. Uh, <clears throat> at that time, we played a four four two, but we we play with one of the one of the the fullbacks rotating inside. So in a way, we build up with three. We have one of the other fullbacks went high up, so they um, uh, took up the the wide area. For example, on the right hand side, and we had a winger then taking the wide part uh, on the left hand side. So it looked in a way more or less like a, a, a even if it was a four four two, we in a play we played in a in in offensive uh, part of the game. We played in a free. For free, where Panile in a way was a free um, free agent, you could say she could go down as a ten, she could come up as a uh, as a nine, uh, and as I said before, she's a clever uh, footballer. She's very uh, intelligent when it comes to tactics, and and she can see where the spaces are. So in a way, that was how we played. And then we looked at the, the team. Uh, we had a meeting, and we said, "Okay, we, we now we build up with that. Why can't we? We also play defensively with this with this system." And then we look at it, and and we, in a way, we always try to to fit in what we think at the moment are the best players to fit them into the system. And then we want the players to be in the positions where they feel most comfortable and um, where they play, for example, mostly play in, in their teams or where we see them, uh, they, they, they are best. So in, in that respect, we in a, in a way changed to this 3-4-3 system where you could say Panile could be 10, but if you looked at our, now it's one year back, but our our qualification game against uh, Italy in Italy where she also played in this position uh, but she came up in a way more uh, a nine in that game where she uh, she ran in behind the the, the opponent's uh, defense where she's very good what she's very good at so in a way she is still she in a way she still has the same role as a, a little bit as a free agent uh, and seeking seeking spaces where she can then start up our play. Uh, 
but it was also for the others to to get into better positions. So we did that. Perhaps we are going back again. It could be if we if we see that uh, or we play a four four or four three three. Uh, if we see that uh, it suits us better, that we get our best players in play in their best position. So uh, everything is open. We've been quite successful with the three four three. I think it has suited us very well. But uh, who knows? We have to be flexible. That's uh, that's how it is in in modern football uh, today. For sure. Um, last question now. I'm going to give you a chance to tell our listeners why they should come to England this summer to watch Denmark play football. Um, you named it the, the the group of death, and I heard it a lot. Uh, when the uh, when the when we were drawn against each other, I think it's perhaps a, a top group that we're in, but it's also going it could be a spectacle. Uh, also, uh, from seeing that the games, it's going to be top opponents. I think we were number one in in the third. Uh, spots uh, and and Spain was number one in the second and, and Germany was one one or two I think so it's really going to be top games Finland of course also is, is a very good nation uh, so it's you're going to see in a way four types of different playing styles not not totally but different ways of uh, trying to to win the games So I think the games in, the, in itself would, would be would be uh, top top uh, entertainment, and uh, to see us, I think we are sometimes happy go lucky. I think we uh, we have a good bunch. We uh, our players, uh, they, we we try. We want to be be a happy uh, bunch of players. Of course, if we lose, we're not so happy, but we try to. We would like to play entertaining football. We would like to live our dream. Uh, our dream is, of course, to surprise. We have to surprise, I think. I think we can agree on that. We have to uh, at least make, do some one surprise at, uh, in, in the group stages and uh, to get it to go on. But um, we are going to seek our luck to try everything and... Uh, uh, As I said, I think you're going to see a, a spectacle in, uh, or many in in this group, and I I also think that the uh, European champions will come from that group. I don't say who, but I think they will. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, let's see. So um, now we have just a two minute uh, section left. Uh, you you're not allowed to think when you answer these questions. Amanda. I never think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good then. Then this will suit you very well. Okay. This, this will be easy. Um, so it's a rapid fire, this or that. You have to choose one option. You, I'm going to give you two options. Oh my God. Did you guys hear that voice crack? No. No. <laughs> I'm going to give you, two, I felt it. I'm going to give you two options. You can only choose one. Um, a perfect tactical display from your team, according to the game plan, winning one to zero or winning 5-2-0 when the game plan hasn't been followed at all? I would like number one, only to win 
because it shows, yeah, but I had to do it rapidly. So uh, uh, number one, the first one, yeah. yeah. Deciding on a when deciding on a starting a level, uh, starting eleven, choosing players just based on the fact that they are in form or the players with attributes suitable to handle the opponents. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> it's You're difficult. Uh, I'll choose those in form that can handle <laughs> the opponents. <laughs> But often I, I'll, I'll probably awesome. go for number one. Those players in form. Uh, during the Euros, would you rather coach wearing a national team training tracksuit or wearing a proper suit? Uh, it's many years ago. I've been coaching in uh, in a track suit. Uh, I use that on 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 training days, but uh, I also see it as a, a big a big thing. So I, I I'm more or less your type, uh, not so fancy in suits, but uh, but in in normal normal trousers and and things like that let's see what happens while coaching training sessions would you rather train during early mornings or late afternoons um we usually train early mornings or uh, 11 o'clock we usually have our trainings and uh, we are feeling good about it also our match day minus one which are, i know that some coaches Uh, rather like to 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 uh, practice on 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 game time. We also like to have it as as early as possible, around eleven eleven thirty, so that we have more of the day afterwards. Uh, so more or less early early uh, training sessions. Would you rather be known as a coach who's a great recruiter or great recruiter or a great strategist? In a way, I think it's the same because if you you can recruit and put up a good team, then you also you know you know what you're putting them up for. So so in a way, I say it's 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 both. Uh, but if I have to choose, then then let's say strategy. And with that being said, this is a wrap. Lars, thank you so much for being on their pitch. And it was great fun having you on and listening in to all, you know, the ins and outs of being a coach. Thank you so much for being on. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, and uh, I also have to say you, you make some good podcasts. Interesting listening to them. Thank you so much. This is going to be one of them. Oh. <laughs> okay, good. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started